How many, how many, when did you finally realize that you were addicted to this thing? Isn't that scary? It's like you go out of the house. We went on a walk last night, left our phones in the house, whatever. And, um, and it was fine. But some days you walk off and you're like, oh, where's it at? And it's like, dude, how long did we live without these? I mean, I'm old enough to know we lived without these for a long time. And actually it's like, that was really nice, actually. I remember, you know, in my trade as a, uh, having assigned companies and being a signed painter, I would get artwork from other companies out of state. Or when I was in sales, um, you would have to meet with the customer personally to go over designs and layouts, or you put them in the mail, right? And you waited for them to get there, and you would talk about them over the phone. And make, or I mean, and now I mean, it was. I, I was thinking the other day, man, what a what a process. I remember the first FedEx overnight package I got, and um, not the first one, but I got this overnight package from another large sign company down in Laurel, Mississippi. And uh, they owned all these car title loans of America, and we installed those all over the Missouri. And um, anyway, I got a folder with artwork and a floppy disk with the drive, and I'm like, well, that's cool. And I'm telling you what, I thought I was a cool cat. And uh, we had a flop. I actually had that first Sony camera with the floppy disk to take a digital camera, and I really thought I was something else, right? And uh, it was, it was, it was uh, pretty neat. But now we're addicted to these things, right? And there's all sorts of addictions out there. I mean, besides the narcotics, there is, I mean, the uh, pornography is uh, something like a, I don't know, an $80 billion a year industry. Yeah. It's not a man thing. It's a man and a woman thing. I'm not meaning to get on that today, but 40% of women, probably 60 70% of men that would admit to it. I mean, it's, it's huge. It's a huge. We have, we have bondages all out there. We have all sorts of vices that are going on out there. Isn't it amazing to me when through all of these processes uh, to keep people safe from COVID, yet 88,000 people have died, die every year and have been dying for the last, I don't know, 40, 50 years from alcohol. And the number's not going down. It's going up, Right. I'm just saying there's vices. We have all sorts of things of bondages. But the greatest bondage that we must be delivered from is that bondage of death, sin and death. I say it all the time. You hear, hear me say it all the time. It's, you know, if, if you deliver somebody and there's all these helps out there and they're wonderful that we need to have them, there's all these helps out there to get people delivered from their vices. But if you only deliver them from their vice, you only give them a more comfortable place to go to hell from. The last thing that needs to be dealt with, the greatest thing that needs to be dealt with is the issue of bondage of sin and death. And uh, praise the Lord, he made a way, right? We saw last week there was a perfect provision, right? Here it is, the, the foreshadowing and, and God delivering out of Egypt. And can I tell you, all deliverance takes place in Egypt. All, listen, all of, the, all, all of the, the, the sacrifice, the, the blood atonement, it's all done in Egypt. You get saved in Egypt. You don't get saved outside of Egypt. You get saved right where you are in your sin, where, you, where we were. This is where we came to Christ. It was a perfect provision uh, that was given to us. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is perfect blood. Amen. We're thankful for that. We don't have to worry about it. He, 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 he put on human flesh. He was made to be sin. He who knew no sin was made to be sin uh, for us that we could be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus Christ, who was not, listen, he, he had a human, he had the, the, the flesh that he put on a human flesh, but he was not the seed of Adam. 
you, you, you need to go some, sometime and really delve into, uh, you know, how, how we get our, our blood. I mean, this is a, uh, this is a fascinating thing. Uh, I believe as Dr. DeHaan went through that years ago, uh, that, that the egg of a woman does not contain blood. You get your blood from your father, not blood types, but without a man you do not have blood. And Jesus was born of a virgin, right? We believe that, we know that. And uh, where did he get his blood? Well, it wasn't Adam's blood. He didn't have the father from the line of Adam, right? It was God's blood. It was perfect blood. It was a perfect provision. It was the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is without spot. We're thankful for that. It was applied here in, the, in, the, in, in, in Egypt. It was applied in Egypt, right? They didn't, it, it, was, it was right where they were. And I'm thankful, and you're thankful today, that the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that day that you came with, with, uh, with uh, repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that you turn and you believe the Word of God and you believe Jesus Christ and you put your faith and trust Him and immediately the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ was applied to your account and that very moment it was applied to your account, you now had the account of the Lord Jesus and your account was gone. I like that. I like that. Don't forget that. Don't forget that your account is now Jesus' account, which is not that he never sinned, but that he was never a sinner. That's your account before God. That's exciting. I don't know. That makes me happy. Maybe you need another cup of coffee. It'll make you happier. But that's a great thing, friend. When God looks at me, he doesn't just see a bunch of blotted out transgressions. He sees the record of his own son, which is that he was never a sinner. That is your record today, and I'm thankful for that. It was applied. It was applied. The blood was applied that day. It was applied to your account. And then we saw, uh, secondly, a planned Passover. It was a planned Passover. God had this on his, in his plan from the beginning of time. He, I mean, we know, what was, we, we know where this is heading, right? We're living on this side of the cross, amen? We, we know that Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. And we can see now that it was planned all along. It was in the plan of God. What, what was in the plan of God? It was the punishment for disobedience and, and, and pardon for obedience. Punishment for disobedience. I, I would... I would venture to say, knowing, uh, and we'll look at this actually this morning in the morning message, but, but understanding the, the character of God and the love of God and the mind of God that he has revealed, what he has revealed to us, understanding those things, I, I would surmise that any of the Egyptians could have found some Israelite and got in a house with them under the blood. But they didn't. The, yeah, there was punishment for disobedience, but there was a pardon for the obedient. We've looked at this many times before. Don't miss this. Salvation has not changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament. People didn't get saved differently in the Old Testament and the New Testament. I, I'm, I'm sorry, Ruckman. <laughs> there are not like five different ways of salvation in the Word of God. There's not. There was one. Obedience to the Word of God. Obedience and faith in the Word of God. It has never changed. And this is why, this is why the Israelites... Right? Sacrifice the lamb. They didn't fully understand it. We understand that. They didn't see the foreshadowing for, for, the, for where it was coming. They, they, they knew there was something coming. They didn't see it all, but they trusted God. They believed God, and because they believed, because they trusted, they obeyed. And obedience is an outworking of belief. Right? What was Peter's problem before that cock finally crowed three times? What was his problem? He just didn't believe God. 
He stood in front of the Lord Jesus Christ and said, he said, I'll die with you. No, you won't, Peter. Hey, he said, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. No, over my dead body you're going, Peter, you're going to deny me three times before that rooster goes off. No, I won't. Okay, fine. You know what happened that morning? The Bible says one of the, one of the, hey, one of the, in one of the, uh, Gospels we see here it was revealed that Jesus looked on him when that when that when that rooster went off Jesus looked at him could you imagine those eyes and the Bible says Peter went out and wept bitterly what did he do he finally believed him you know what the joy of that is the day of Pentecost he preached three thousand got saved different Peter it was a different man wife you know it changed your life if you'd finally just believe him I mean what else can he tell you to believe I mean think about it I I, I had somebody write a uh, write me in a text message the other day and a uh, family member of mine he sends out these nice little uh, things in the morning of his devotions and and uh, and I, I enjoy them they're, they're, they're nice little things and uh, he, he made a statement about you know God is very patient with our with our unbelief with our lack of faith and there's a there's a truth to that he knows our frame and that we're but dust but I challenged him on that and I said ah, I don't know oh you have little faith Philip, have you been so long time with me? How long must I suffer you? I said, Jesus, Jesus rebuked uh, faithlessness a lot, actually. No, he has, he has, uh, he has a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of uh, patience with us, absolutely. And, uh, but he does, Jesus does, because uh, faithlessness actually attacks a relationship. Right? And think about this. Peter challenged the disciples and their faithlessness over and over and over again. And here we are 2,000 years later with a complete Bible with uh, evidence uh, upon evidence upon evidence of upon evidence. And like that hymn says, what more can he say than to you that he said? I mean, he has given us so much. There is so much to know and there is so much that we can uh, believe. And, uh, and God has... Uh, has uh, given us enough to believe, and we can believe. We can believe. There is a punishment for the disobedient. There's a, a pardon for the obedience. For, with obedience, watch, is the outworking of faith and belief. Yeah. You know how some people have such trouble just obeying the Word of God? So, now listen, I know, sometimes, sometimes they look at it, the magnitude of it, and they go, ooh, that means this, 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 and this is going to happen. Right, I think it was Oswald, I know it was Oswald Chambers. He said obedience to God is the easiest thing that we could do. He said how it affects others around us is what changes it. Think about that. If you know the things that God has spoke to you in your life and you knew they would not affect anybody around you, you're in immediately. Wouldn't even question it. Right? The challenge is like, uh-oh, what are the kids going to think? <laughs> What's the husband going to think? What's the wife going to think? What's the parents going to think? I mean, how does, what is this, uh, how does this affect those around me? And so often those uh, affect our, our, our obedience. I understand that. Remember what Paul said immediately, I conferred not with flesh and blood. He said, when God spoke to me, I didn't ask anybody about it. I did it, right? And uh, so I understand there's some implications to obedience that, that make us struggle. But sometimes, sometimes the hindrance of our obedience is simply unbelief. We just don't believe God. Yeah. And we need to ask ourselves why. So it was a planned Passover. A planned Passover. God planned it before the beginning of time. Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. Amen. I'm thankful for that. And then we begin to see last week, and we'll uh, end, end with this today, 
and uh, it was a perpetual, a perpetual uh, practice. You like all the peas? Pretty cool. Yeah. It's a perpetual practice. I said earlier, it's practiced by obedience, right? Why, why did they do what they did? Well, God told them. God told them to. Right? Do you, I mean, I know at the first, before the first, uh, before the uh, first plague, it might have been a little more challenging to believe when Moses showed up and said, uh, and said, uh, here's, God's going to take us out of Egypt. God's here to deliver us. Okay, that's cool, right? Might have been a little apprehension, right? By about the ninth plague, it's like, okay, right? Remember what I said last week? Even the Egyptians were like moving their cars in when the hail was coming. They're moving their cars in the garage now. They're like, yeah, okay, it's coming, <laughs> right? They were smarter than Pharaoh, amen, yeah. And, uh, but it is, it is uh, a perpetual it is a perpetual thing. It was practiced by obedience. They believed God. Look at Exodus 12, 21 through 23. Didn't think we were going to get there, did you? Exodus chapter 12, verse 21. Then Moses called for the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to, to smite you. And ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. It was practiced by obedience. They didn't understand it all. They couldn't understand it all. And God was fine that they didn't understand it all. But they just needed to do what he said. Right? And we see that in our life as believers, don't we? How many times were there things that you, you knew the Lord was directing you. You knew it, God had confirmed it. You knew it was the will of God. And there is so much you didn't understand. Right? There's so much that, that, you, that, that you, you couldn't... Uh, you, you couldn't figure out. Costa Rica, when, when did that come to your mind, brother? When, when did you say, Lord, are you sure? <laughs> and then you came to a place of confirmation. You said, Lord, you're sure we're going. But it was still like, Phew. and you look back now and you say, wow, he was faithful the whole time. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I love that. I, listen, they didn't, they didn't understand it all. They didn't get it all, Right? I mean, the disciples, I mean, just before the crucifixion still didn't get it. <laughs> they didn't see it, right? It was obedience. It was practiced, practiced by obedience. They, they could have chosen to say, well, I, like a lot of people do, well, I don't quite understand it, so I'm going to block it out, right? And uh, was it Mark Twain who said, it's not the things of the Bible that I don't understand that bother me. It's the things that I do understand that bother me. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. They could have resented the command. I mean, think about it. I mean, this was home. Egypt was home. Yes, it was bondage, and yes, they were in slavery, uh, but uh, they'd never known what it was like to be outside of somebody's control. Anybody? You were military, weren't you? You were, yeah. Other Brother Bob was military. How many was military in here? Brother Chuck? Who else? Military. You, you men know this. There are some life lifers, 20, 30, 40 years, 
and they get out of the military and they do not know how to operate without somebody telling them what to do. They struggle. Sometimes it happens, doesn't it? Not that it's a bad thing. I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm just saying it's a it's a huge thing to get a, get in tune to. Some people just listen. They operate well with somebody just saying, "Okay, here's breakfast, here's lunch, here's supper, and you're going to do this in between." They go, "Okay," and they like it. Okay, it's fine. Nothing. It's a wonderful thing. Boy, it's hard to get outside. Can you? The children of Israel here. They are in the in in Egypt, and they've been told what to do for generations now. And now it's like, "Hey, we're going to be free." And now what? Well. We're just going to follow this guy who says he's following God. It's hard to do, isn't it? Sometimes it is. But they believed God and they obeyed him. It was a practiced obedience. They, they obeyed God. They obeyed him. Verse 28, the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. So did they. There's a lot we can't explain to the Christian life. There's a lot that we can't explain. There's a lot that we can't fully understand at times. There's a lot about faith that we can't totally explain. And let, and let me clarify this too. Faith is is not just something out in the ether that uh, we're just blindly following. People say, "Well, you just you know you're just uh, uh, you're just following a blind faith. You're just leaping into a blind faith." No, our our faith is on the Word of God, right? Our, our, what, what do we place our faith in? What God said. And in that, which is we're obeying, we're doing what God has said. That is, that, is, that is what living by faith is. We're living by what God has said. Why? I mean, is it no marvel Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith? We look around us at those that are falling on the left and on the right. You look at those who are just, they've just it's like they've ceased living a life of faith. Ceased living by the word of God. They've just redefined everything. And, uh, and all over the place, and Jesus says, will I find faith? when I return find those living by faith hey they don't understand it they can't explain it right they just had to somebody should write a song with this title trust and obey that'd be a good hymn wouldn't it they just had to trust trust and obey anybody remember have a time in your life when you didn't you didn't know what was going on you couldn't see what God was doing but you had to just go forward. You had to just do the next thing, right? Say, Lord, this don't make sense. It's not what I planned. Not what I envisioned 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Not what I thought. Right? But what do you do? You do the next thing of obedience. Just keep following God, right? Just keep following. And uh, so we see here in verse 22. Let's move on. God said none of them are supposed to leave the house till the morning. So throughout the, throughout the entire evening, think about this. Here they sat there throughout the night. They're gathered in their own houses under the covering of the blood of the lamb that had been slain for them. It was personal. I like that. They didn't understand it. Right. Who knows what their normal pattern was after supper. Kids went out to play. Right. Maybe went out and Probably didn't want to make bricks or anything, but might have went out and worked at the garden to break up the monotony a little bit, do whatever they could. But not this night. No, you're going you're gonna to stay in the house. You're not going to leave. Well, why? Well, because God said so. Why did he say so? Well, because he did. Okay. Don't we hate that? We don't like those answers, do we? Well, why? Well, because God said so. Well, why? Because he did. 
Come on, you've done that to your kids, right? Because I said so. <laughs> that like was supposed to solve it all. You might not have screamed like that, okay? But you might have though. It might have came to that point after 35,000 questions, right? <laughs> Amen. Yeah. It's a hard thing to do sometimes just to follow, sit in the house, not knowing what he's doing, why he's doing it. Right? They just know what God told them to do. So they did it. First John 5.13, I've got this down here. See, when the morning came, when the, when the morning came, there was death all around them, but not in their house. There was death in all the houses of Egypt, but not in the houses of the Israelites who had the blood over the door, the Passover. It's quite a scene, isn't it? Think about what they woke up to. When they woke up to that. I may have mentioned it last week. I don't remember. But one of these days we're going to wake up in eternity's morning. Yeah. I think we're going to be overwhelmed by what we see. I don't know how much the Lord will allow us to remember. But I'm almost positive we'll remember that we were spared from hell. Yeah. No, the Israelites, I'm sure they could hear the wailing. I'm sure they could hear... The, the feel what was going on all around them and see what was going on and what that must have looked like. See, when we trust Jesus, not, no, no, not Joe Smith, right? Not Ellen G. White, not Mary Glover Baker Patterson Eddie, right? Not Jim Jones, that went awry. That went awry. How many remember that one? No. Not me. Not you, when you trust Jesus. Remember what Paul said, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. He did not say, I know in whom, in whom I have believed. He said, I know whom I have believed. He said, I believe Jesus. I believe what he said. And I put my faith and in, in trust in Jesus. When we trust Jesus Christ, his blood saves us from the penalty. These things have I written unto you, 1 John 5, 13, that you believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. I just preached that a few weeks ago. I don't know that we're saved. We have to trust the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We trust Him. And it's the only way to have our sins forgiven. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. What are some things that people trust for salvation besides Jesus? Anybody want to venture a guess? Well, yeah, all sorts of works, right? Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a big one, especially around here with Campbellites. Baptism, yep. Yeah. What else? Family roots. Family roots, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, remember that young man? When when did you when did you come to Christ? Well, probably the second day after I was born. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he just thought he was born into because the family is Christian. I'm Christian, right? And he's trusting. And sadly, that he's trusting that. He's trusting that. That's a bad deal. There's all sorts of things that people trust in to get them saved. A prayer. 
Well, I said a prayer at 10. I said a prayer at 15. I said a prayer at 8. I said a prayer at, you know. Why did you say the prayer? No, it wasn't because they heard the gospel and the conviction of the Holy Spirit began drawing them to Jesus Christ. It wasn't that at all. Sometimes it's just because I thought that's, you know, the guy on the TV said, repeat this prayer after me. So I did. Hocus pocus, I'm alive now. No. Right? Uh, don't get me wrong, you got to pray. I'm not, we're not Calvinists right here, right? We don't just show up saved one day, right? I mean, there, there's got to be confession with the mouth. There, this is a personal thing with the living God, right? But uh, the prayer alone is not what saves you. It's a heart that is repentance towards God, that has faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I love this because, listen, I never tell people what to say. Right? It's not the words that God knows the heart. Some people say really some interesting things, right, when they pray. Yeah. Some people don't, you don't hear them say a thing at all. They pray, they pray to themselves. Uh, there's been times I've been like, they're like, okay. I'm like, oh, you prayed. <laughs> okay. You didn't say a word. Right? I, I know people that make them do it over and pray out loud. Come on. It's a heart. Listen, if their heart wasn't in it when they prayed silently, it wasn't going to be in it when they prayed out loud. Yeah. And if their heart was in it when it was out loud, it would be in it when it was silent. Right? Amen. Yes. It's Jesus Christ. It's faith in Jesus Christ. It was a practiced obedience. They believed God, right? Just like Abraham. Believed God. It was counted unto him for righteousness. I like that. Notice finally, and I'll be done. Maybe. It's permanent. It is a permanent message. Look at verse 25 and 27. And it shall come to pass when you become into the land which the Lord will give you according as he hath promised that you shall keep this service and it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye by this service? That you shall say, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses and the people bowed the head and worshipped. Now, listen, they were living in the midst, right, as the wrath of God is falling on Egypt and they were secure. Just like Noah was in the ark while the wrath of God was falling upon the world and they were safe in the ark, right? One of these days, uh, God's judgment, his wrath is going to fall upon this world again. It's actually, it's technically, it's Israel that is going to be uh, dealt with by God later. And we are going to be safe and secure, not on this planet, right? Listen, friends, we're not mid-tribbers. We're not post-tribbers. I like what one guy said. So you tell me Jesus is going to beat up his bride before he takes it to the Father? People say, well, Christians have always lived in persecution. Yes, but persecution and the wrath of our Father are two different things. One is the persecution of man. The other, listen, all of the wrath fell upon Jesus Christ. That, right, His wrath fell on Him. And we've been delivered from the wrath to come. And people say, well, that's why it's mid-trib. I don't know how I'm getting on this, but it seems like I ought to. It's mid-trib because that's when the real wrath starts. The first three and a half years are peace. Hold the phone. So, every dictator that has ever lived on the planet has tried to wipe out Christianity and God. Why? Because they can't live at peace with them. When somebody's saying, you need to repent. 
You're telling me for three and a half years, right, the saints of God and the church of God is going to remain on this planet and be in peace while the Antichrist is trying to take over? I don't think that's possible. And there's a lot of actual biblical evidence. I'm throwing out some other things for you to think about. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Here's what they said. The Lord's Passover, passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, smote the Egyptians, delivered our houses, and the people bowed the head and, and worshipped. They were delivered right there in the midst of the wrath. It didn't even touch them. It didn't come on their house. That death angel went right over them. Right over them. You know, one of my favorite holidays to celebrate in the year is, really, it's Thanksgiving. I really enjoy that. And uh, it's not for the football. We don't, I don't think we ever watched the football. It's not necessarily for the turkey. And I, I'm a traditionalist. I like turkey and taters, and cranberry sauce, and all that good stuff. I like all of that. But that's not what it's about. I, I love it because it's one of the holidays that the world can't totally destroy. Oh, don't get me. They, 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 they do. I mean, you got football and everything else, turkey day, right? But it's one of the one of the simplest holidays there are. Right? They're not they're not selling Turkey Day decorations in January, right? Like you know, I think Christmas decorations should be out next month, right? And and I just like it. I I, I enjoy Thanksgiving, but it's so easy, like anything else, to miss the purpose of it. And it's the the reason the why, why we as believers are so thankful is we're thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ. This is, what, this is what the Passover was. It was a memorial. It was a memorial of what God had done in God's deliverance. He said, I don't want you to ever forget this. And I don't want your children to forget it. And when you remember it, watch, you'll worship me. You'll bow and worship. Hey, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the one I love. Uh, we, we do. We forget some of the times that, that what God has done for us. And the purpose of the Passover here, it, it, it was for this very pur- purpose, was to remember. Verse 13, it's called a token. Verse 14, it's called a memorial feast. And verse 16, it's called a holy convocation. Verse 17, it's called an ordinance. Verse 26, it is called a service. And verse 27, it was a sacrifice. It was established as an annual memorial to remember how good God is. Boy, it would be a good thing for us to do as well, to remember how good He is. How good He is. Amen. Yeah. Not only was it for a national, but it was a national remembrance, but as, as we saw here at the last of the verse, for a personal worship. They bowed their head and they worshiped child would ask the parents dad mom why why why, what does this mean why why are we killing this lamb why are we staying in our house tonight why are we doing this why are we doing that and the parents were to tell them of the passover when god delivered us out of egypt out of our bondage 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 you know it'd be a good thing for you to do to put up an altar of memorial when God delivers you from a bondage. It would be a good thing for you to do to keep a great detailed memory of when God delivered you and saved you. Yeah. Well, I can't remember the day or the hour. That's all right. You remember. You remember when God moved in, friend. 
You remember what led up to it. You remember the conviction. You remember the the turning to God and the repentance. And you remember what he did when he saved you. You remember it. And you need to be ready to tell people. You You should tell your children of it. You should bring the next generation along with you and let them know what God has done. And we see this all through the word of God, right? Be ready, to, right, be ready to give every man an answer of the hope that lieth within you. Right? Dad, why do we go to church? Well, it's the, it's, it's the day that the, the resurrection. It's the day, of the, the, the day of the Lord. It's the Lord's day, right? It's when we set aside a time to come in for the preaching of the Word of God and for worship and for giving and for preparation and for, 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 uh, for edification and for, for preparation to go out and to win the loss. Right? Dad, why, Dad why, why do, what's that guy doing up in the water? What's that all about? What's that? Well, he's being baptized. Why? Well, he he put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Well, why is he being baptized? Because Jesus told him to. And because it it is a picture of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, Listen, I'm just saying, at every time we have opportunity to teach those that are coming behind us. Why do you put money in there? Why are you taking change out? No. Why are you putting money in? Hey, listen, don't let the charismatics mess you up in thinking music is worship. It's all a part of worship. Worship is, is what you place your worth on, and worship includes time, energy, and money. And giving, listen, giving is a part of worship. It's a major thing. This is why we take an offering. This is why we set aside a time for an offering. Some churches put boxes in the back to put money in. That's fine. I don't care how you... You know, that's a good money collection. But don't miss the aspect of collective worship as a body. We're worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do we help missionaries? Why do, why do missionaries, you know, why do we have a missions fund? Why do we take on missionaries? Why do, what is the whole deal? Why is this guy here tonight showing slides or, not slides, videos of, uh, of all these things in another country? Well, son, because... Jesus told us to go all the world and preach the gospel, right? And I can't go 3,000 miles away, but my money can. I can't go 20,000, but my money can. Our money can, right? No, listen, we're educating. We're teaching. We're teaching. This was a perpetual thing. The, 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 the Passover was to be done every year for as long as God said, well, forever and ever. And, of course, what they didn't realize was until the Passover lamb came and didn't need to be sacrificed again. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Questions? I'm going to stop here. And uh, ordinances. Right? Ordinances, like speed limit, ordinances. There are laws that are put into place that help us to know how fast we ought to go on an interstate. An ordinance. A sign, that little rectangular thing that has, you know, is the reminder of the ordinance. Anything, does this sound familiar to anybody? Maybe the Lord's Supper? Right. Yeah. It's a memorial. As oft as you do, do it in remembrance of me. You've been delivered today? You've been delivered from your sin? Have you been delivered from the bondage of sin and death? Do you know that heaven is your home? Do you know that if you die today that you're on your way to heaven, you'd be forever in the presence of God? Do you know that? Do you know that? Amen. You remember the day? Amen. Yeah. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. 
Tell the, tell the generation coming behind you. Tell the ones that are living next to you. Let everybody know about it. Remember it. Don't forget it. We're so thankful for the deliverance that God has. We're thankful for that today. Father, we better stop here. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for we can look back in and, and, and your word and see the foreshadowing of the Lord Jesus who was slain from the foundation of the world. We said that earlier. And we're thankful of those of us here who have come to you by faith that day. Whenever that day was in each individual life, we came to you by faith. We believed Jesus. We put our faith and trust in Jesus and you asked us, we asked you to save us and to, and to forgive us. And we, we confessed that we were wrong, you were right, and that without you we would die and spend eternity in hell. And you saved us that moment. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those that come unto me, I will in no wise cast out, you said. And we're thankful for that today. Lord, you help us to live a life that is a memorial, that we never forget what you've done for us, for the lost world to see, for our children to see, our grandchildren to see. Lord, that when they look at our life, they would know that God did that. God did this. That it be a testimony to your great love, to your great mercy, to your great ability that you're able to deliver from bondage. And Lord, if you can deliver us from the bondage of sin and death, Lord, you're able to deliver us from any earthly bondage we may find ourselves in. There may be somebody like that today. We ask you that by faith they would believe that and turn to you for the deliverance that they need. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll see you in a few minutes. I really plan on being done 20 minutes ago.